gentlemen, as we all know, gold, glory, and gospel provide a quick way to understand why the Spanish sailed across a dangerous ocean to the New World. Gold, glory, and gospel also provide a way to understand the motivations of our education establishment. Consider this. The top educators make more money than they probably otherwise would, possibly far more. They gain the imagined glory of reshaping the world, and they are able to serve John Dewey's socialist gospel. Now, there is often a smug presumption that the Spanish, in their pursuit of gold, glory, and gospel, exhibited a blatant and ugly imperialism. But what about our education establishment? Aren't these aggressive social engineers guilty of imperialism and indeed colonialism? They stride into every community, giving orders, trying to dictate standards for everything, usually low standards, and imposing unwanted, often destructive doctrines on unsuspecting children and parents. Common Core is nothing if not imperialism stacked high and wide. The so-called standards are elaborate rules and recipes for making a new kind of American child. At the end of the day, these ch rules seem more concerned with a child's psychology than with a child's acquisition of knowledge. Keep in mind there is no mention in the Constitution of Education. It was supposed to be a local function, handled by cities and states. The federal government is not supposed to meddle in education. But not only do government bureaucrats now meddle in education, they try to take over and manage every detail. What could be more imperialistic? Now let's look at Columbus for a moment and his cohorts coming ashore in the New World. Look at how pompous they are. Admittedly, they have done something brave and dangerous, but now they're going to steal all the mineral resources. They will enslave the natives. They're going to break quite a few rules. Why? Because they are in charge and stronger and they can get away with it and they like power and control. Too much of the same thing has happened in education. The Department of Education, the National Education Association, the National Council of Teachers of Math and so on, and more than a dozen other groups with fancy names and squadrons of professors have seized more and more power over local schools. There is a pretty irony here. These people in education are typically far to the left and probably routinely make fun of Columbus Day and everything the pilgrims, settlers, pioneers, conquistadors, American business executives, etc., etc., managed to do. Too much imperialism is the cry, but they themselves are the next generation of the same sort of people. For example, a big shot professor came down from Harvard to Virginia Beach to tell the school's teachers that they must not teach. That's so old-fashioned. Instead, they must be passive and call themselves facilitators. What they are facilitating is not clear, but it certainly is not education as traditionally understood. That Harvard professor is exactly like Christopher Columbus coming ashore, the natives bowing before his power. Now, throughout this discussion, 
the key words are arrogance and contempt. The conquistadors felt contempt for the indigenous peoples, and the Bolsheviks who flooded into this country after 1920 felt a con similar contempt. That's why they did not hesitate to impose unworkable educational nonsense on the population of the United States. The goal was control. Dumb peasants are easier to control than informed, independent minds. You see how easy it is to explain why the school system has steadily declined since the invaders started meddling. If you want better schools, you have to get rid of the imperialist. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four. The big brains in education keep t telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, comma, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S., my book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.